Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, it's a Monday edition, September 27th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. We are back to five days a week beginning today, which means tomorrow, which will be game day for a preseason game, preseason game number one against the New York Islanders. That'll happen tomorrow night at the Wells Fargo Center. And like I said, episodes now five days a week. We'll go to seven days a week once the regular season starts coming up on October 15th, just around the corner. Training camp underway. First full week of practice will be in the books coming up on Wednesday weekend activity, special teams practice, and tons more to get into right now with Philadelphia Flyers Insider from PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, HockeyBuzz.com, and NHL.com. It is Bill Meltzer. Bill, how you doing? Oh, we're doing great. You know, um, four days into the in, into the preseason here, and uh, in the training camp, rather, and then an off day today. So a uh, little chance for everybody to regroup, and then the first exhibition game. So uh you know, it's been a lot to digest, but it's it's been, you know, it's been really good every every day at the rink. I'll say that. Yeah, I agree. And it was so cool on Saturday as I'm kind of running around North Jersey for my son's showcase tournament to see on NHL.com on the app to see that there were hockey games scheduled. Yes. And seeing scores. Yes. <laughs> I, like, I geeked out over that. I'm like, oh, look at this. Oh, so-and-so's beating so-and-so. Toronto's playing Montreal. You know, it just felt good to see it again because you, like, I always look at it, let's see what news and stuff like that, see what you're writing and other guys are writing. And to see that there's games on the schedule and scores coming in is very cool to see. But, um, you, you know, that's the way you and I are, that we're wired that way. And everybody listens to this, like we geek out over hockey. It's great. Um, let me ask you first, before we get to the Flyers camp and some observations and other stuff, let me ask you about the Flyers Warriors, because the announcement that came in the press conference that came with Brad Marsh and the Flyers Warrior program, which is, just so terrific. It's just so well run and orchestrated and handled. Um, you know, they, they have the announcement that they're going to host, which is great. And just just kind of synopsis for people, what was announced and, and just what it means. Yeah, the, the uh, Flyers Warriors program, which uh, started a couple of years ago, um, you know, with, with, with one small roster of players. And um, within eight months, they, they went to – Las Vegas for uh, for a national tournament and and affiliated with USA Hockey. Uh, USA Hockey runs with the Warrior Hockey Program, and uh, for those who don't know what it is, uh, it's military veterans who have VA certified disabilities. Um, so they're 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 ambulatory um, disabled, but it, it, it's a variety of different things. In many cases, it's things like PTSD and you know and and some some do have physical problems as well. Um, you know. It's such a wonderful outlet for the players, and um, you know, just, just the social outlet. You know, the way hockey bonds you together, but also just, uh, you know, also they, they offer services to the players. There's a behavioral health program. I mean, it, it means a lot to the uh, to those who participate. There, there, you know, it's mostly guys, but there are there are a few women who who play with the Flyers Warriors, and the the Flyers Warriors program has become the model uh, across the entire NHL. I mean, there's a number of NHL teams that sponsor Warriors teams and the ones that are, are trying to start Warriors teams almost always look at the Flyers program as, as the one they're trying to emulate. So uh, the, when they were in Las Vegas for the tournament in, in 2019, they won the national championship in, in their first go around, even though they'd been around for, for less than a year. Um, you know, they, they look professional. I mean, they have, they have 
really sharp looking uniforms. Yeah, um, they're awesome. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're they're really cool. I mean, they've they've one that's black, one that's black, one that's cream colored, and uh, you know, Toyota sponsors the uniforms. And actually, Toyota made a thirty five thousand dollar contribution to the Flyers Warriors program, which was which was part of the uh, press conference the other day. But the the other piece of it was to announce that the Philadelphia area is hosting the uh, this year's um, USA Warrior Classic tournament, and I believe it's from the fifth through the seventh of November. Uh, the Flyers Training Center in Voorhees is the the hub rank where most of the important games and all the all the championship games are you know will, will take place, um, and then there are some spillover to the Hollydale rink in, in Sewell. But um, so the Flyers Warriors teams, and it's more than one team because they have tier one, tier two, and tier three teams. So they're actually they actually have multiple teams participating in the different tiers. Um, they will be playing Warriors teams from across the United States, including quite a few, again, that have NHL affiliations. And, the, you know, one other thing to say real fast about it is that it's, uh, you know, part of a number of, you know, the, the hockey is for everyone concept. I mean, the Flyers, of course, have adopted the Flyers Warriors as an official affiliate. But there's also a Flyers Power Play Hockey, uh, which is the a power wheelchair team, and they've won two North American championships. Brad Marsh works with them and Bob Kelly works with them and Rob Bear, who does an amazing job, works with yeah. them. Uh, there, there's Flyers Special Hockey, which is special needs children. You know, it's, and it, it's the same group that work, that work with all of them. They're all tremendous programs. But, I mean, the uh, you know, nothing has grown faster and, and it has uh, you know, made, I think, a wider impact uh, of all the uh, the NHL Warriors team than the Flyers Warriors. So it, it was fantastic to see them getting a little recognition and support. And uh, they, they, you know, they, they have a pretty good shot at defending too. They, they're, they're a well-coached team and they're a very dedicated groups. So, uh, you know, all the luck to them. Yeah. And Marcia does a great job with everything oh, sure. affiliated with it as well. It's just tremendous stuff. And, you know, it's interesting because, I look at hockey and playing it and being a part of it very similar to the military. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it's ultimately, you know, it's not life or death. That's the military. But, yeah. you know, in a small way, you, you know, you're relying on the guy next to you and you're relying on concise communication with one goal in mind. You know, it's, it is very militaristic in nature. So uh, and I'm just and I know the game, you know, playing the game and being around the game. And those guys being in the locker room and the camaraderie that comes with it is, you know, takes them back to not only when they played growing up, but it also takes them back to uh, some of the essences of military as well. And I, I know it's cathartic for those guys and very good for those guys. So it's just a great program. And I'm so happy to see how it's grown so quickly and, and what they've done and, and being embraced the way they are. It's, it's just incredible stuff. Bill, let's look at um, first and foremost, let, let's look at a couple different aspects of training camp because. You know, I, I'm very intrigued by it in the sense that there's so much turnover. But where I want to start was with a guy that can't get on the ice right now, and he met with the media the other day, and that's Kevin Hayes. We know the tragedy that befalled his family with his brother, Jimmy Hayes, um, passing away not that long ago, just, uh, I guess, like six weeks ago at this point. And it was obviously sudden, and he was far too young. And we know that, you know, I have two older brothers, and anybody that's got a brother, that, that bond is – is very special and it's an older brother that led the way for him in hockey. And when he met with the media, I was just really taken back. He didn't have to, to share as much as he did, but I'm sure glad that he did. And, yeah. you know, I, I thought it was just a very poignant press conference and conversation that he had with the Philadelphia media. Yeah. I, you know, there were, there were only 
five questions in the press conference because Kevin just covered everything, you know, yeah. and um, it took him, you know, and he said all along, he, he had to ready himself to talk, but he was going to talk. And, um, you know, he, he spoke from the heart. He spoke very eloquently and it was, it was, it was very moving. I mean, it was one of the most moving press conferences I've ever been involved in. I mean, you know, the, the pain is still fresh. It's still evident on his face. Very raw, very extremely raw as anyone can, can understand, you know, with, with what he's going through. Um, you know, he, he spoke about his brother. He also spoke about the support system that's been around him from the entire hockey community. But, uh, you know, like, like he, he said that everything, well, first we talk about how how fragile life is and, and something like something like this tragedy makes you reflect on that. And he also was talking about how, you know, things happen for a reason. And it just happened this offseason. The Flyers brought in some people who are very close to him and to his family. Um, you know, Keith Yandel is, his, other than his brother, probably his best his best friend. And Keith's and living with him. Keith is living with him to, to yeah. kind of help him help him through this time. And that's, uh, you know, that, that they, they, those two were... Those two were almost like brothers in a way, and they are the closest of friends. A long-standing relationship that goes back to really to childhood. Um, Keith Yandel's known Kevin Hayes' father since Keith Yandel has memories, so it's a, it's a very close bond between those two. And uh, actually, Cam Atkinson was his brother's roommate in college, and you know I, he played briefly with Kevin at, uh, at at BC. So they those two have known each other for a long time. So. I mean, all of his teammates are there for him, but you know, it's particularly important when when he has people who've been close to him for a long time and, and who, who know his brother. And, and I mean, even you know, his cousin is in the Flyers organization. Ryan Fitzgerald is, you yeah. know, Kevin's cousin. So it, it's really you know, it's really crucial that he has people around him during you know because there there are some really tough days, and and he said as much. And and you know, not. Some days he feels more able to cope. Some days are rough days. And, and when he's not feeling so strong, he has a really good group around him. That, that's, that's so important in a time like this. It's not, uh, you know, it, it's not the same every day. You have your good days, you have your bad days. And being around the group, you know, I, I think even apart from him being injured and, and wanting to get to know some of his new teammates and, and uh, still feel like he's contributing, honestly, I think it brings something to – to uh, Kevin quite personally, too, to still be around the group. When you have that, you know, you have that familiar environment of the rink and you have that camaraderie on a team. And, I mean, the injury couldn't have happened at a worse time because focusing on focusing on what he could control, right, being on the rink and, and training for the season were things that he can control. When you're going through a time like that, when, when things that are so beyond your control are happening and you don't understand them and, and they're painful, being able to have something you can control really, really is cathartic, even more so than, than normal, you know, and it just the, the injury is very unfortunate. So I think that it's important for him to be around the team. It's also, it's also good for the team as a whole, because he, uh, you know, just, just having him, just having him around on a day-to-day -day basis, going through the meetings and, and being a teammate is uh, it's something that's good for everybody, but I think, but I think for Kevin individually, especially. Yeah, and it certainly can bring a group together too with a common, hey, we're rallying around our teammate, yeah. we're rallying around our friend, and you know we're adding additional meeting 
meaning to this season, which brings me to what I want to talk about next, because Elaine Vigneault said it in his press conference and his availability. He said it when he was on Flyers Daily when I talked to him right after with the one-on-one, and the quote was something to prove. And then I see it on every shirt he's worn to every press conference since. Flyers logo and something to prove. They do have something to prove. First, they have to prove that last year was not who they are, and they have to prove that with these upgrades and with these roster additions and changes on and off the ice, that they're a far team closer to, to being a, a big winner than they are the team that looked like a hot mess last year. Yeah. I mean, collectively, obviously, as a group, there's something to prove. And a lot of individuals who had down years yeah. last season. TK. Um, yeah. TK, Carter Hart. Yep. You know, um, guys are coming back from injuries. Even uh, young players, Sandheim. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, Provorov's coming off of a down year by his standards. Sandheim certainly is. Um, you know, so you have a couple guys who who just signed big long term extensions. Even even a guy like Couturier, who's the you know reigning uh, Bobby Clark Trophy winner. You know, he just got he just got the extension that's probably going to carry him through the rest of his career. Joel Farabee just got a big vote of confidence from the team and, and a long term contract. So everybody has things to prove, both individually and collectively, and it's it's such a critical year. I mean, if the team underperforms again, it, it's really going to take you know a tough direction, and um, some really difficult decisions will have to be made. I mean, there's always difficult decisions anyway, but I think that if the team has another down year, you know, you're looking at you're looking at a, a lot of ongoing changes and. I don't know what the next steps even would be at that point. So yeah. it, it really, it really is. I mean, something to prove is a, is, is a meaningful slogan because there's a, there's a whole lot to prove. Yeah. And we talked about it last year about, Hey, this is a fork in the road of the season last year at certain critical points where they need to get a win. They need to stop the bleeding or they need to make a statement after losing to the Rangers. And then they came back and lost eight to three in that next showing. Yeah. But yeah. so we talked about those forks in the road last year, this is a big fork in the road organizationally this season with the amount of change that took place this offseason. Uh, let me get your impressions of camp and and kind of, you know, through the first four sessions, is there any particular player from the forward group that jumped out at you in a real positive way? I, I think that the uh, the Claude Giroux has been outstanding in camp yeah, I mean, on, a day, on a day in and day out basis. Yeah. Uh, the way he's competing, the plays that he's making, you know, I mean, he he is trying to lead the very best he can through example. And uh, even even in the, the scrimmage, you know, on, on Sunday, I mean, he carried he carried it through on that. I, th- I think he's been outstanding in that group. Um, Cam Atkinson has been pretty much automatic with the puck on his stick in, in scoring position, I and mean, he's been he's been finishing a lot of plays off. Um, so there, you know, the, I mean, there there have been guys who've stepped forward. Really, the the proof is going to be in games, and and Alinio said as much. He's going to assess players. You know, I, I mean, drills are important and scrimmages and whatnot, the day to day. But really, the judgment is going to come from the exhibition games and getting ready for the season because that's uh, you know that that's the dry run. Bill, one of the guys that we're really going to put a circle around and look at in these preseason games and look at once the regular season starts, is is a guy named Oscar Lindblom because he looks far different to me in my viewings of him at camp. He looks like Oscar Lindblom pre-diagnosis from 
a skating perspective, from a body perspective, from a strength perspective, from a hockey player perspective? Does he look far different to you? Night and day. And totally. um, he, he's much stronger in the pucks. You, you watch the battles down low. You know, before the cancer diagnosis, he was pretty automatic in winning those. He, he was uncanny in actually how he, he would win those battles. Getting himself to the net, uh, getting back, back-checking, and, and making you know solid plays in his own end of the ice. I mean, those are just things that were automatic with him. Um, and it was never a lack of effort. It was He was really, you know, I, I think it was easy to forget how little time he actually had to train between – uh, when he was declared cancer-free, which was, I guess, in June of 2020. Yeah. And then a couple of months later, he's in the he's in the Stanley Cup playoffs and did the best he could. But, I mean, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't anywhere near full strength. And then there was, there was only a couple of months after that until they had training camp. And, you know, he tried. He actually had a few games where he almost looked like himself. But, you know, it was it, it was a grind. And it was, it was very, very tough. Um Night, night and day difference this offseason. And actually, he said as much. And I think, I think the two most uh, heartening things that become that came out of this camp, in addition to, you know, the way Giroux has played, but even even more importantly, um, Av had said that Oscar had been uh, had a cancer scan the other day, and he's still cancer free. Thank goodness. And all his physical tests in camp are back to the levels they were back in September of. 2019 so you know it, it, yeah i mean so fitness wise everything else and, and there he's looked really really good on the ice really all four days yeah i, I agree it just to, i love that you use the term night and day because it does it looks so different like you were watching him when he had just come back and, and even last season and we know that they had to kind of monitor his minutes and and per, you know, shelter his game a little bit because he wasn't there physically prior to that season. And they just didn't have a lot of practice time. And you can't play your way to where you need to be when it starts. And, you know, to, to look at it and go, okay, we wanted him to be the Oscar he was before. Maybe we tried to convince ourselves at moments he was, but he wasn't. Uh, but now that this isn't convincing ourselves, our eyes are convincing us. And it, and it is a plain as day to see that it is a different Oscar Limbaugh and the one pre-cancer diagnosis, which is great to see. And it's a great story. And, you know, he's just such a good young man and, and the way he's handled himself through this whole thing. Bill, w- one of the other guys that I was really impressed with, and it wasn't any in particular play. It wasn't any in particular shot or pass. It was all of it in total, as I like to say. Yeah. And it was Ryan Ellis. And the way he moves on the ice is is so almost eloquent, effortless, and smart. And just, you know, the the way he gaps rush attempts, the way he handles pucks in his D zone working with a partner, and he's been working with Ivan Provorov, and the way he does shoot the puck, and the way he does distribute the puck and see the ice, I see a player that's just ex- an extremely skilled hockey player, obviously very healthy right now, and we hope he remains that way. But I look at him and I go, that's a difference maker. That's a guy, that's a big difference maker. It's something they didn't have last year, and he's a massive difference maker. Huge. You you can't overestimate it. And as long as he stays healthy, he's going to have an impact all season long. In Um, all zones, in all situations. Yeah, so such a calming, steadying presence. All the little details. You You never worry if he's going to the right spot. 
You know, you, you never worry if he has the puck on his stick. Is he going to panic if he's under pressure? And as you said, I mean, he, he, he gets shots through on the net. If he pinches in, it, it's always an intelligent pinch. You know, it, it's never, never a reckless kind of thing. Uh, he doesn't, he doesn't do it. He doesn't have support. Um, and when he, when he passes in his own, he makes a phenomenal first pass. It's almost always on the tape, rare, rarely in the skates. And, uh, one of the, you know, I, one of the issues I think that the Flyers had last year was there were a lot of times where by the time it was passed over to Provorov, he, he already had a four checker on him. Yeah. It's a great, and he took a lot of. Yeah, and, and he took a lot of beating along, you know, on on uh, down low because by the time he'd corral the puck, he'd be getting hit, and uh, I, it's going to save a lot of wear and tear on him too. Uh, I, th- I, you know, I think that's something that's cumulative over a season. I mean, Provorov seems to play through anything anyway, mm-hmm. but I think that's uh, that that's a little little subtle piece, and I, I like I like Ellis's approach too, where he, you know not just the on ice chemistry. He said that he's following Provorov around. So they'll, like they'll go to the gym and he, he, he joked that it's his goal to get as big as Provorov, which is, which is a pretty funny concept. But, um, you know, I, I just think that, I think that it, when we talked before about how you slot your pairings, it makes, it makes the entire decor better because you can slot everybody a little bit more ideally. And, you know, you know, who's going to be out there in the toughest minutes and the toughest situations, and, um, you know, I, I think that you, you watch him on the ice, the way he takes charge, directs traffic. He, he's vocal, uh, you know, after shifts. I mean, there's always there, there's always things that, that he's thinking hockey-wise during the game. He's never just sitting there, you know, with the, the blade of his stick up in the air and just kind of vegetating until the next time he's out there. He's really, really bright hockey player. You can't say that enough. Yeah, it's a branch of the coaching arm. Uh, when he's on your team, he's just so engaged. And, you know, there's some guys you watch play hockey and, and it's, it's, you know, gritty and it's hardworking. And there's some guys you watch and you go, Ooh, that's a pretty brand of hockey. I know that's not like a tough word to say, like pretty hockey or, but he plays a really, really aesthetically pleasing brand of hockey to watch. I mean, it's just, it's, it's looks so effortless and, and things like that. Uh, and speaking of slotting, um, Let's get into uh, the other two additions defensively, but let's start with Keith Yandel because Keith Yandel is not known as a defensive defenseman. He's a great distributor of the puck. He can make a great first pass out of the zone. We know of his prowess on the power play as a QB to distribute the puck as well. He's not a bomb shooter, but boy, what a good stick he has defensively too. That yeah. was something that really popped out to me. Yeah, he he does. And, yeah, I mean, and he needs to do that because he's never been a, never been known as a physical player. So he has to have, he has to have a quick stick defensively. Um, you know, I mean, he's not going to radically be a different player. He's not going to, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, he's primarily going to be a power play offensive guy, but he competes out there. And uh, what a good guy off the ice! I'd never, you know, I I I'd heard others talk about him, but really, I I'd never dealt with Keith. He's 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 a pleasure for the media guys to deal with. Just yeah, just a really awesome. likable guy. Yeah. So uh, you know, and uh, I mean, the I think the other thing that's important too, he's downplaying the streak because he doesn't want his teammates or, or he doesn't. You know, he'll answer the questions about it, but he doesn't want that to be the to be the focus. At the same time, he's taking nothing for granted. I mean, he's, he is competing 
for his spot in the lineup. And you want to see that out of your veterans because that that goes right on through the entire lineup. And that's uh, exactly what he's doing. He, he's a pro. Yeah. Uh, talking about slotting as well, that addition of Ryan Ellis uh, takes Rasmus Ristolainen and puts him in a slot that he wasn't in in Buffalo. He was a top-pairing guy in Buffalo yeah. on the right side. Now he's in a second-pairing situation. He's been playing alongside Travis Sanheim, and our, our prediction is that that's where they're going to end up together. Um, he came in, and boy, did he, he aced the fitness test. The dude mm-hmm. is an absolute freak in, in I mean, fitness and everything. Yeah. Uh, but being in that second pairing role, it could pay huge dividends, not only for him, but certainly for the team. Yeah, well, he uh, he finished first in all the strength and fitness testings, which is, yeah. uh, hey, hey, that's motivation for Provorov. Not that he needs any more motivation, yeah. right? But but uh, Provorov is used to finishing first and all that, and this year, Ristolainen uh, finished first. Um, he brings that physical presence. I mean, that's the number one thing he's known for. He's thrown his weight around in camp. I mean, I, a couple of days, he's, you know, I, I use the... You know, I use the cliche "bull in a china shop," but it's really, really what he's been in, in close. Yeah, he's course. not elegant. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, he's uh, you know, but it, but he's mobile. I mean, he'll get up and down the ice really well, and uh, you know, he's uh, he'll contribute something offensively when, when he's up ice. I mean, we'll see. We'll we'll see what happens with with Sandheim and, and with Ristolainen. And you know, I, I expect a certain amount maybe early on of some good games some not so good games and hopefully they they develop chemistry together uh you know it, it, it we'll we'll see how that comes together certainly certainly on paper they seem to balance each other well um but we'll we'll see uh you know that that's a that's a definite x factor on the team i i think that i think that that pairing and the the second line uh the second forward line are going to be the key to just how good this team is on the the upper end of the lineup, and then you know the, you, those questions really can't be answered right now, especially before games are played. That's gonna that tale is gonna be told as the season goes along, but just just in terms of physical presence, it, it the Flyers haven't had a guy like that like you know like him since Ratko Gudis, yeah. Except that except that uh, Ristolainen is you know better skater and contributes more offense. And let's go to that second line because I agree with you. I think it's really important. And, and Elaine Vigneault is using Joel Farab, or not Joel Farab, excuse me, Morgan Frost on that second line um, to to have him play with highly skilled players to, you know, be able to deploy his game. And that is to is a skilled game and a playmaking game and, and one that can be really effective. Uh, if Morgan can jump into that role and be a, a really good 2C, then all of a sudden that does slot you properly and mitigates the loss of Kevin Hayes to some extent, at least for a period of time. Yeah. That, that, that buys time. And then you can figure out, you know, whether Morgan would move to the, to the third line and maybe Broussard moves to a wing or, or you move other pieces around, you know, it's, it's pretty crucial now for, for that line to click. I think there are some alternatives, but, but Frost is the most skilled guy. He had a, an excellent rookie camp. Uh, the, that first rookie game against the, the Rangers, he was, Pretty dominant. dominant, actually. He was setting yeah. up all kinds of scoring chances and and scored an empty netter. I think he's been decent during NHL camp so far. Um, he's noticeably stronger. That, that's the good part. I, I thought that that line had a really good first day. Day one was good. Day two was kind of, eh, kind of so-so. Um, day three, I thought, was better. Uh, today, on, today during the scrimmage, I think that I would have liked to have seen that line do a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were also they were also out for a 
you know, a goal against that really shouldn't have happened. Um, yeah. You know, uh, on, on the play, I mean, it was one of those plays where you break down multiple things happening. Uh, it started out, uh, Frost had the puck on the, on the left side of the boards, threw the puck around, around the, around the wall, um, and Farabee wasn't there. I don't know, I don't know where Farabee was at the time, but there was no right winger there. So the so the uh, point man was able to come in and, and hold the puck in pretty easily, um, and then the puck went back down to the to the left wall, and 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 Frost just got outworked by Elliot Denoye, who's you know 19 years old and, and smaller than Morgan is at this point, uh, but Denoye wanted a little wanted a little bit more. I mean, he, he beat Morgan off the wall and he beat him to the net. Um, meanwhile, when the puck went up high again, there was an opportunity, I think, for Farabee to get into the to the passing lane and at least break the play up. And he was just a little slow reacting on it. Next thing you know, you know, you have him alone by the net. And we're talking about Denoy, and, and he scores. And that's uh, that's the kind of play that that line really can't have happen, particularly when they haven't created much offensively. It's one play, one sequence, but that's. That's the kind of thing they need to correct. Now, on the positive side, I think overall in camp, Morgan and his line mates have been pretty good. Uh, I think Farabee has another level. I think JVR has another level too. But they've done it at the NHL level, so you're not as you're not as concerned, particularly before you played an exhibition game. But I, but if that line can assert itself, starting whether I don't know whether they're going to be together tomorrow you know, tomorrow night uh, against the Islanders or the second game, they'll be at least one of the two. I kind of think they're going to want to go with them right away and, and see what they can do right off the bat. Yeah, that that could make uh, that could make a big difference in the lineup. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, goaltending, what have you seen? Uh, you know, had a chance to watch Carter pretty closely uh, in the first session on day one, and made several really high end saves on East West to his glove side in particular. A couple highway robberies in that practice. And then um, Martin Jones as well has gotten in and is getting assimilated as well. What have you seen out of the two goaltenders? Uh, I think they've had their moments. Yep. Um, Carter more than, than Jones. Um, you know, again, they haven't played a real game yet. <laughs> they haven't even played a real exhibition game yet. Yeah. You know, during, during practice, uh, you know. You, you They're not designed for goalies. <laughs> it's not really designed for goalies. There'll be no. more times when they're off their angle or, or yeah. you know, they're surprised with the shot. I mean, you have two other guys firing pucks around at the time. And it's just, it's not, you're not as locked in. Um, I, I, you know, during the scrimmage, I thought both goalies were a little up and down, but that that's to be expected. I, I don't think you overreact to any of that. I don't think you overanalyze any of that. Um, you know, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, if, if they're playing in exhibition games and they're each letting in one or in, in you know, or two goals, you, you kind of look at it and go, eh, he, you know, he might've had that. You know, then you go into the season like that. That has to be cleaned up pretty quickly. At, at this point, I don't think there's a reason to worry about it. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I will tell you what, who's looked good though is Felix Sandstrom has looked really good to me. Yes, yeah. He has. He's been. He's made several really good saves, really good down low, and, and everything that goes with it. So preseason games will be underway coming up uh, tomorrow. It'll be the Flyers and the Isles uh, at home, and then Thursday it will be. The Flyers at TD Garden taking on the Bruins, and it'll all get underway for uh, the Orange and Black. And something to prove, I guess, is is where we're going to go. Everything they got something to prove, and uh, the fork in the road for the organization is there right now. And we'll see which way this goes this season. It's going to be fascinating. We're back to five days a week, Bill. 
that means that we're getting closer to seven days a week, which means the regular season is not that far off. We're inside three weeks at this point uh, to the puck drops on the season. Can you believe that? I can believe it because it feels like it's been so long since since they played yeah. games. It just, uh, you know, hey, bring it on. Yeah, yeah, it does feel like an eternity since they've played games that matter, and that's on the way. Uh, Flyers will be back in action uh, tomorrow night. They'll take on the Islanders. They'll drop the puck on the preseason, and uh, we'll bring you another episode tomorrow. We'll preview that matchup, and uh, we'll also, on Wednesday, bring you uh, the redux of that matchup. Uh, thanks for listening to this edition of Flyers Daily. Thanks to Bill Meltzer for joining us. Hope everybody enjoyed it. We'll talk to you on a brand-new Flyers Daily coming up tomorrow right here.